This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys are relevant to today's podcast. Because today's podcast is dedicated to day six of the January 6th committee hearings about the riots, fun times, and they didn't give us any notice that they were going to do this. We, I got the an alert on my phone and just went, you've got to be kidding me because it's already been very, very difficult to juggle what I normally cover with the January 6th committee hearings. But you know, that's the news. It doesn't come evenly <laughs> and you have to roll with it. This week, I only have one clip, but it's long, so I'm going to be breaking it up and kind of describing and doing some analysis on the commentary. So basically this, what I'm doing in this podcast and in this newsletter is I'm simply comparing how PBS NewsHour, which is straight down the middle, always very well balanced for right and left, they go out of their way to do that, compares to how Fox News covered it. And this is especially unique since again, Fox News was part of the evidence during the hearing, which just always just gets me excited. And if you haven't seen uh, day six of the January 6th hearing, you should see it because this is probably the best one they've had. This one's a little bit different because instead of focusing on a theme like the Department of Justice or state election officials or just an introduction of basically what went down, which was like day one, They've instead, they've decided to just focus on one witness and that, oh boy, what a witness, because what she revealed was just, just, I don't even have a word for it. So I'm going to break it down very quickly. Here we go. The event today focused on the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, the former senior aide to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Hutchinson had a front row seat to the many clandestine meetings devious motivations, and general chaos that led up to the riots at the Capitol on January 6th. So, how did they cover it? Now, the duration of the hearing without commentary or commercials was one hour and 39 minutes. The duration of commentary for Fox News was 29 minutes, which for them is incredibly long. And yet, I don't understand their motivations, but they did handle this one a little bit differently than they've handled past hearings. So, they started off with the recess commentary that's commentary in the middle, which was 14 minutes. Then they had six minutes of post-hearing commentary where they talk about it after it happened. And then, and this is unusual. I have never seen this before with Fox, with this whole series. This time, they did something very different. They uh, went ahead and made this story the first segment in a show I've never seen before called The Story that's hosted by Martha McCallum. Martha McCallum was also on the panel during the commentary, so they just weaved it right in. And that is unusual because I've never seen them do that before. Um, 
what they did is usually is they'll just as soon as Benny Thompson hits that gavel, they're like, thank you very much. And we're done. So this was kind of interesting to see this. And the tone was different today. It was it was it was noticeably different. I'm not sure what's going on. There seems to be a bit of a shift. So on the panel was John Roberts, Martha McCallum, Sandra Smith, Brett Baer, all standard, solid Fox News reporters. And those are the more legit journalists. And then again, they had, as they've had on in prior commentaries, Jonathan Turley and Andy McCarthy, who are both lawyers and both appear on Fox quite a bit as Fox News legal analysts. So today's testimony was so crazy that when they cut in during the recess, I, I sensed a genuine feel of confusion. They weren't really sure how to cover this. And they all were very reverent and said nice things like, wow, that's very compelling. Today is, is dramatic, stunning, riveting. They used those exact words to describe uh, Hutchinson's testimony. They also showed a great deal of respect and reverence towards Hutchinson, which I was a little surprised by. They didn't tear her down. They didn't question her um, veracity of anything that she said. They just said, well, she seems credible. And they were mostly positive towards her. And for the first time, they really started to dig into what she said. Normally, they'll just talk about the process a lot. They go, oh, well, this is, uh, there's no opposing view and there's no cross-examination. So this is all a big sham and it's very Hollywood. It's very polished. And they just avoid what was actually said in the hearing. And this time, and I took note, they all agreed and talked about that Trump demanded that armed rioters be ushered past metal detectors so he could increase the size of his crowd for the cameras. They said they all talked about um, that horrible line that Trump was only concerned about his own safety when he said, well, they aren't coming for me. So just let the armed people pass security because they're not coming for me. It didn't occur to him that anybody else might get hurt. And then the, the infamous... Uh, plate smashing with ketchup smeared on the wall incident that allegedly happened when Trump had watched or read an interview that Bill Barr had given with AP, the Associated Press, where Bill Barr said, oh, there's no there's no election fraud. And um, Trump had a fit and threw his lunch on the on the wall. And apparently he did this all the time. So in addition to frequently throwing his lunch and, and shattering porcelain, you know, on the wall when he got mad or you know, tipping a table over, which apparently he did more than once. According to this woman's testimony, Trump also was so angry that the Secret Service wouldn't let him go to the Capitol while the riots were beginning, that he got into a physical altercation in the car that he was meant to take him back to the White House and tried to physically take the wheel. And and what surprised me about this is that the Fox anchors actually talked about this. They were actually discussing it. So on this clip, they don't normally do that. They normally just complain about the process, say it's not fair, and avoid anything that's really embarrassing. So in this clip that I'm going to start is Representative Liz Cheney laying out some of the evidence of Fox News personalities sending correspondence to White House staff. Next message at 2.32 from Laura Ingram. Hey, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. 
In the next message, this is hurting all of us. And then he's destroying his legacy and playing into every stereotype. We lose all credibility against the BLM Antifa crowd if things go south. Now, this isn't the first time they've shown these text messages between Laura Ingram and, you know, high ranking White House staff. But this is the first time they put this much emphasis on it. And so far since these hearings have started, Fox has completely ignored this element completely ignore this element to the hearing that I know of. The shows I'm watching, they do not discuss this at all. So here's another clip about Hannity. At 3.31 p.m. on January 6th, Sean Hannity of Fox News texted Mark Meadows. Mr. Hannity said, quote, can he make a statement? I saw the tweet. Ask people to leave the Capitol. Later that evening, Mr. Hannity sent another text message to Mark Meadows. This time, he shared a link to a tweet. That tweet reported that President Trump's cabinet secretaries were considering invoking the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump from office. President Trump's supporters were worried. In addition to the tweet that he sent Mark Meadows after the attack, Sean Hannity apparently spoke with President Trump and warned him about what could happen. Okay, so according to Brian Stetler, he's over at CNN, lovely man, um, who wrote a book called Hoax, Donald Trump, Fox News, and the Dangerous Distortion of Truth, that Sean Hannity kind of was a bit of a de facto chief of staff. I've seen this in other sources, but Brian just lays it out brilliantly in his book. It's very detailed. He's a great writer. It's a very quick read. Highly recommend that Trump would call Hannity all the time, call and text, call and text, just badger him all day long. And Hannity had a quality of being able to talk Trump down. So that's sort of a little bit of the context of this next series, because he actually sends him like a, a bulleted list of sorts of like requests. It's, it's that, I mean, again, this doesn't make any sense because he's supposed to be from a news channel. Why is he... <laughs> consulting the president. I mean, it's, I don't even know how to describe this relationship. It doesn't make any sense, but here you go. We understand that this text message that Sean Hannity sent to Kaylee McEnany on January 7th shows what Mr. Hannity said to the president. First, no more stolen election talk. Second, impeachment and 25th amendment are real. Many people will quit. The list goes on for a bit after that, but I did cut the audio because she, she doesn't go down the list. She starts talking about the 25th Amendment at length, and that's not really pertinent to this podcast. What's so crazy about this is that Sean Hannity was basically hired by Fox 25 years ago or so to be Rush Limbaugh light. That's what he is. He's a radio host who turned into a TV host. He's incredibly well paid. He has no government experience. He's, he's not a policy expert. So why on earth is the president of the United States calling a radio host to, to discuss every little detail and worry he has about being the president of the United States? But that's the relationship they had, which is incredibly crazy and scary and disturbing. And it's why Fox is not really talking about this, because they're way too embedded, way too embedded with this entire fiasco to act as if, oh, we're just going to report on this. No, they are part of the conspiracy in some way. I don't know how. 
I have no uh, secret knowledge, but they're definitely not just a passive observer when it comes to this. So now the next clip is the commentary, which I'm going to break up because it would be way too long to play as one clip for audio. This was from the middle of the hearing and at the end of the hearing. And the first voice you're going to hear is Brett Baer. Brett Baer is your classic straight news, legitimate journalist at Fox News. Uh, I think, as we've seen before, it's methodical. Mm -hmm. We always point out the caveat, there's not a minority here that's pushing back or questioning the other way. He wanted the crowd to be bigger, more robust. And she quotes him as saying, and she was there in that back room behind the stage, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. I was actually kind of shocked that they went there, that they weren't trying to hide this, that they went ahead and just admitted it. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of crazy stuff that they just said in that hearing. We're going to talk about it. And they weren't doing the usual just complaining about the process. So that's what they did. So this next clip is the voice you're going to hear is Sandra Smith. And she's actually talking about one of the legal experts, Jonathan Turley. Uh, Jonathan Turley just writing a, a few moments ago um, that in no way is this an exoneration of the president's role, but um, he's pointing again to the leaving out of the peacefully head to the Capitol, uh, the words that Turley has pointed out quite often. No exoneration, but highlights the lack of any alternative perspective or questioning on the committee. So we're back to what they do every single time they have a hearing and they have commentary on it. They just blame the process and complain that there's not enough opposing voices. This is not a cross-examination. You'll hear this over and over again with Fox. Now, the line that they keep repeating, and this is repeated on other shows on Fox. I've seen it on Tucker. I've seen it on Hannity. I've seen it on The Five. I've seen it on Fox and Friends. Here's the line. During that speech at the Ellipse, right before the rioters went over and basically smashed up our Capitol building, Trump said this line. Go and peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He said a lot more than that, though. That's the problem. That was one line. Now, this is just four. I found like at least 12, 14 other lines that are this bad. I just didn't want to put them all in the newsletter because it's so long. So I'm just going to read four that Trump said. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. To use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. Okay? That's what we've done and they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. And another line. Let them get out. Let the weak ones get out. This is a time for strength. It is all part of the comprehensive assault on our democracy and the American people to finally standing up and saying, no, this crowd is again a testament to it. And finally, you will have an illegitimate president. That's what you'll have. And we can't let that happen. So yeah, I only read four and there's a lot more than that. Plus there were other speakers. So you add all of that together and then just add one line of peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard kind of loses its punch, doesn't it? It just kind of loses. It's not so dramatic. But I've heard them, again, they say that over and over and over again on Fox. It's their big defense for that whole speech, for the entire event. They just go, well, he said peacefully. He said peacefully. Now, this next clip is classic Fox. 
because it's Martha McCallum trying to completely normalize and minimize the incident where Trump took his lunch and apparently threw it up against the wall and ketchup splattered everywhere, you know, because that's normal behavior for a grown man. So here you go. Here you go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure that it really shocks anybody that the president uh, just, you know, knowing what we've seen, observing him over the years, if he got angry that he might throw his lunch. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, it's obviously a very dramatic detail and the way that she describes it um, is. But I'm not sure that any of this is is wholly out of character with the Donald Trump and the president Trump that people came to know over the years. And there's now I've seen McCallum on the five. I've never watched her actual show. She's so good at this. This is that's like her signature move. Something absolutely crazy will happen. Something, you know, insane will fall right in front of her and she'll just go, you know, I don't really think it's that bad because I mean, when you think about it, we all get mad sometimes and sometimes we just take our plate and throw it up against the wall. I don't I don't really see the big deal. I mean, you know, that's what that's what people do. Now, this is John Roberts about to introduce the man himself. A lot of uh, let me just point this out. Uh, Donald Trump clearly has been watching what's going on. Mm -hmm. Here's what he just wrote on True Social. I hardly know who this person, Cassidy Hutchinson, is, other than I heard very negative things about her, a total phony and a leaker. And when she requested to go with certain others of the team to Florida, after my having served a full term in office, I personally turned her request down. Why did she want to go with us if she felt we were so terrible? I understand that she was very upset and angry that I didn't want her to go or be a member of the team. She is bad news. That's kind of classic Trump. Um, everybody who works for him is like the greatest, the, the best, tremendous, spectacular. And then the minute they turn on him, he's like, you're a loser. I hate you. You're a moron. Who hired you? Uh, and it's kind of what he did there. This next clip is Brett Baer being like classic Captain Obvious. The committee is trying to say is that former President Trump was a threat and that he wanted a coup, essentially. That's what they're trying to say. Um, Jonathan Turley is right to point out that they always leave out the snippet of we're going to go peacefully and patriotically. So we're back to that quote again, which again is echoed and repeated throughout the entire Fox News universe is the defense for this craziness. So here's the two legal experts again, beginning going back to the spin, back to the spin. I, but as Brett noted, you know, this is the question is what you're trying to achieve here. This isn't contributing to the the building of a criminal case. And having been uh, one of us who stressed a number of times that, you know, the committee doesn't have cross-examination. And as a result, you have to mm -hmm. discount uh, virtually everything you hear because in a normal proceeding, you would have that. I, I, on the issue of incitement, I've stressed a number of times, John has stressed a number of times, it's a very complex legal issue and it's very relevant uh, that Trump said peacefully march, which is something they continue to leave out. So again, they've mentioned that I think three times now, that one line. Uh, they're trying to get as much mileage as possible out of that one line in that speech. The speech is quite long. Trump wasn't the only speaker. And just on a slight tangent, there's a uh, professor of philosophy at Yale named Jason Stanley who wrote a book called um, How Fascism Works, which is excellent. He did a breakdown, a detailed analysis of Trump's speech and how he used images and language and everything else, because it was a whole team that put that together to manipulate the audience. It's 
It's textbook propaganda. Highly recommend it. Just Google Jason Stanley, January 6th. And now we're back to Trump. However, President Trump or former President Trump was challenging what she testified to about grabbing the wheel or throwing his lunch against the wall. He also says on Truth Social, quote, she changed lawyers a couple of days ago and with it, her story totally changed. Now, there's a little trick there because he doesn't actually uh, criticize Hutchinson and nobody on this panel does. They're very kind to her because in the hearing, she comes across as very likable and very believable. But he used Trump's words to undermine her testimony there because nobody on Fox is going to do it because it's going to it would backfire. Now, this next clip is my favorite uh, expert they use all the time on these hearings, and this is Andy McCarthy. I say favorite because he sometimes makes a ton of sense, and then he goes into these crazy theories. And this is one of those, I'll just call it theory, because I'm not sure what else to call it. Um, it's, it. It's incredibly irresponsible the way the House did the impeachment back in January of 2021, uh, this investigation should have been done. This evidence should have been in front of the Senate. Yeah, These charges should have been in the articles of impeachment. And then we wouldn't be talking about criminal prosecution. Or if we were, we'd be doing it in a very different context. So what he's talking about is the second um, impeachment, which which was started seven days. I looked it up after January 6th. And it lasted for all of a month. <laughs> so... The, the committee that we're listening to and having these hearings has done this for about 18 months. So how on earth does he think that they would have come up with all of these interviews and found all of this evidence in like a month? I don't know. What are you talking about? Okay. Yeah, Andy, Andy McCarthy. Okay, so this, this next one is more spin. And this spin is kind of humorous because it goes back to like, he's so stupid. Why should we care? This is more half the country will hate it, so we shouldn't care. You know, Attorney General Garland has to understand that it would be devastating to the country to indict the political opposition of the president and someone who was a former president. Mm -hmm. So what has to I think the threshold that has to be gotten through here is that there's got to be a consensus in the country before it's safe for the Justice Department to do what it can do, but has discretion not to do. The, the threshold they have to get through is, do most people think that's a good thing to do? And that's a reflection of how bad they think this conduct was, which is why I think today's testimony was so important. Interesting. It's also, Powerful it testimony. would be reflected in how many people are watching and how much of an impact it's having on, on their thinking as they look back at all of it. So we've definitely heard this argument before. And it's a very weak argument. Uh, we can't to save the country. We just have to let this go. We just got to let it go and forgive. How many times have we done that in this country? I mean, we did it with Nixon. We did it with G.W. Bush. And we're doing it again. And I, I'm going to say this. I think the trend is things are getting worse. Much worse. Like, Trump tried to overthrow the government. He tried to invalidate an election and overthrow the government. And he might be a moron who's not very good at this, but he still tried to do it. And people could have gotten, like more people could have gotten killed. People did die, but there could have been more people. I mean, we came very, very close. We came 40 feet from our vice president 
being hurt or murdered by a crazy rioter. Okay. But, you know, we don't want to upset. And nobody's watching this. And we don't want to upset anybody. So we should just let it go. Just let it go. The rest of the country is basically in an abusive relationship with Fox News and the GOP at this point. We, it's like, we, they can just keep abusing us and abusing us and abusing us. If we say, hey, could you stop? They're like, you're really going to upset us. And then we're just going to keep doing it. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't, I, it's, do you not consider the other half of the country and how we might feel about, I don't know, a crazy person trying to take over our government and negating our votes? Maybe not. I guess you don't. So moving on to PBS, I don't want to spend too much time on PBS because my focus is always Fox News. I just like to compare it to something neutral. PBS, of course, did a great job with this. Um, they only had 19 minutes worth of coverage, but it was great. They actually learned, they explored more in 19 minutes than Fox did in 29, in my humble opinion. The panel included Judy Woodruff, Laura Baron Lopez, Lisa Desjardins, a man named Jamil Jafar, who is the former Associate General Counsel for President George W. Bush. He's currently a law professor at George Mason University. Then you had Victoria uh, Nurse. She's the former General Counsel to then Vice President Biden. She's currently a professor at Georgetown University. So they are, they are no joke. And they started their coverage with Judy Woodruff simply saying triumphantly, no doubt the most explosive testimony of these public hearings so far. And the quote of PBS came from Victoria Nurse, who said, Cassidy Hutchinson's boss knew that there were going to be violence on January 6th and that her conversation with Rudy Giuliani also suggests that it was going to be wild. It was going to be very bad. Mr. Meadows said that to her and also said they knew it was illegal. Ouch. So as they broke down every element in Tuesday's hearing, they also, you know, explored legal aspects of it. It was just great. I am a big fan of PBS NewsHour, and that's basically what this was, just analyzing the committee hearing. And then, of course, I made one of my fun charts. I took 19 minutes of Fox, and I took like, the 20 minutes of... Uh, I actually took 20 minutes of Fox and 19 minutes of PBS, turned them into transcripts, and then I searched for words. And the biggest difference was PBS used the term violence six times. Fox did not use it once. Um, another one that was very different was peacefully. Fox used that three times because it's part of that quote about Trump saying peacefully and patriotically. And of course, PBS did not use it at all. Um, the other one that was just kind of odd and random was Fox used the term lunch four times. PBS did not say it once. So it's a cute little chart. I love my charts. You could see it's more visual than it is audio, of course. Coming up, I have no idea when I'm going to do the Roe v. Wade uh, podcast newsletter because I'm absolutely exhausted. If they hit up another one of these emergency hearings this week, I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. It's just like, please stop. This is so crazy. I did start a Patreon for this account that's supposed to help cover some of the extra expenses I have for software and that sort of thing. You don't have to, no obligation. The lowest entry level is $5 a month. And of course, completely 100% optional. I wanna keep everything free as far as the newsletter and podcast are concerned. 
I did post a very cute photo of one of the mascots, Thor, with some books on Juliet Jeske, if you want to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for supporting this project. I am a one-woman show doing the best I can. Check me out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, Twitter. Have a fabulous night. Thank you so much. Thank you.